So welcome along. We're back on familiar ground again for this week's Yellow Army Talker United Devon Live Herald Express podcast. Back in the office, <laughs> the uh, IT catastrophes of last week. Um, so we shouldn't have any dogs barking in the background this week. So no, uh, no, no. Well, of course we were we were we were at uh, Henders Towers, weren't we last we were. week? And, um, yeah. Looking out over the wide open acres of the estate. <laughs> yeah, it's very much like that. Now, it's, the good news is that we're back in the office and everything's working. The bad news is that we still have no uh, signings news nope. to report. This nope. is, the I think, the fourth week that we've done a podcast by saying, guess what, we've still got no signings to report. No. Um, mm. uh, and are Talking United fans right to be a little bit worried about this? Um, I think... Concerned? Yeah, yeah, why not? Uh, I don't think worry is, is, you know, we're only in the first week of June, but um, the fact is that uh, pre-season training presumably will start yeah. uh, uh, in three weeks' time. Um, there'll certainly uh, be enough bibs to go around at well, the moment, won't there? There, there, there will, yeah. And, and I think it is worth, at the moment, looking at, you know, the whole dynamics of this situation. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, you're talking about a club that's, Full time next year, mm-hmm. an awful lot of work going on behind the scenes, refurbishments here, there, and everywhere. The pitch has been up as the well. The pitch has been it? is yeah. being certainly uh, 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 tens of thousands being spent on that, and out at Seal Hain, um, you know, etc. etc. Uh, the Gulls Lodge, where yeah. quite a lot of these players um, will be staying at least until they get themselves sorted out, is being refurbed. All this is happening, uh, and and of course, as things stand, I think we're still we're still on four players, four at, the players mo- yeah. at, at the moment. But um, you know, talking to Gary Hours, which I, I did only a few minutes ago, um, uh, he's uh, um, agreed terms apparently with three or four players uh, yeah. as we speak at the moment, um, and they are due to be coming down fairly so- soon. Well, what but happens? Do they have medicals? I mean, the old thing. Oh with yes. The, the um, this classic Sky News transfer deadline day thing, and they'll be having a medical now. I think I they think, do do genuinely do some, that. I, absolutely, and yeah. I, and I think it's something which uh, they they've become hotter on you know, over the past yeah. year. Um, uh, and every every player that comes to the club will definitely um, mm-hmm. uh, be having a medical. Of course, you know, and on that score, United still haven't got or announced certainly an announced, and I don't think they've nailed one down yet. A new physio uh, in the wake yeah. of Gareth Law yeah. going. So you know that's all going on in the background. Yeah. Um, uh, you've got the the, the, the priority. In house at the moment is the four players who have got contract offers. Yeah. Uh, at the moment, Ruri Keating, Vincent Durrell, Liam Davis, and Sean McGinty. Um, of those four, if you put a gun to my head, and as somebody who did have a quid each way on the Derby winner last Saturday at sixteen to one, I'm, oh, well in, I'm, in, I'm yeah. flying at the moment in that respect. <laughs> uh, it, it'll, it'll get me at least a round in <laughs> one or two Torquay pubs. Um, I would I would hint that I would think Rory Keating is up for coming back. Yeah. Um, I think uh, the two that that be most concerned about would be Liam Dave. Uh, uh, sorry, uh, Vincent Durrell, the goalkeeper, yeah. and Sean McGinty. <coughs> but only really because I think both of those envisage their careers yeah. heading in a different direction than the National League South, and. 
I think we can home in on that. Yeah, that's the um, as you quite, the quite rightly factor. have that with three exclamation marks next to it in your notebook. That's well, the, when um, you think about this whole situation of a, of a manager like Gary Hours, it could be you know Arsene Wenger, um, you know, setting about recruiting a squad. Um, United are certainly the biggest club. If, if you want to call big, mm. big uh, in the National League South, they have the they will have the best ground, they will have the best facilities, probably the most supporters. Yeah, all boxes being ticked in various areas. Yeah, but if you're a player and you are, you know, uh, uh, the type of level which United fans want to see, this National League South, just as it was. When United fans were hoping to see league standard players playing for them in the National League yeah. and whether League Two players want to drop down to the National League, it's cranked up even further now uh, with, with United in the National League South. Yeah. You, you've, you've got to do a hell of a selling job. Uh, um, and I don't think that uh, the sort of contracts that United were undoubtedly offering at the end of last season... Um, and I spoke to quite a few of the, the lads who were offered contracts yeah. and, and other ones as well. Um, and I don't think players, especially the ones United want, um, are going to be earning a great deal more even if they end up playing in the National League rather than the National League South. It's just that where are you playing your football? Yeah. And so does this mean we're more likely to be recruiting from... On a level or below, are we looking at National League South? Are we looking at uh, looking down into teams in the Southern League and I, places like that? I'm, I'm not sure, to be perfectly honest with you. I, I, I think it's important, as with all levels. You know, uh, um, we often you know, on this podcast we often refer back to the Paul Buckle days and how firm he was that to get out of the conference you needed conference players. Yeah, and, and he said that yeah. on the back of his experience at Exeter in the conference. And there is a certain school of thought that says. Look, whatever level you're in, yeah. you get people to get out of that level, and then you tackle the the the, the, the business of improving your squad so that you can cope with a higher yeah. higher level. Um, and uh, so, and and feeding into that is all the finance and the money and all that kind of stuff. I think the fact that United have committed themselves to going full time, uh, to staying full time, rather, yeah. is is less important, really, than, than uh, uh, you know, you, you can sign plenty and plenty of, especially younger players, who, yeah. will, who, who will be more than happy to either, well, most of them will be staying full-time rather than going full-time. That isn't a problem. I think the key part is this hope-for, experienced spine of the team, the three, four, five main men, yeah. the guys who are the senior pros who are going to be playing 40 games for you, and of course, it's worth remembering that next season will be forty-two games rather than forty-six. Um, they they are the ones you have to persuade to play full time, yeah. not part time with a nice little job. Uh, yeah, that's going to be tricky, isn't it? Uh, in that's Dan the, Sparks syndrome. There isn't you go. It? Yeah. In the in the National League South. Yeah. And that's going to be uh, for Gary Hours, I think, one of the most difficult. Broad bridges to cross, uh, um, or circles to 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 complete, yeah. if that's the better analogy. And and um, uh, it's going to be very interesting. I know he was disappointed to lose one um, only a couple of days ago. A player with whom he'd agreed terms, mm. 
Um, he was physically on his way down here, and uh, many many of our listeners will have heard this scenario before. And yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, uh, on his way down, uh, agent rings. Whoops, we've had another offer uh, from wherever, presumably yeah. a higher level. Uh, and the player said, "Look, Jeffrey, sorry, I, I I need to go and speak to these people, etc., etc." And and that was that. So, so I can it, understand it, it, Gary yeah. Hours not reeling off a, a list of names of players, mm. which he says, you know, he he said, "Look, I'm looking as as we speak at a list of players with whom there are ticks next to their names. We've agreed terms. Um, they know what's on offer." They know that accommodation that's waiting them. They know this. They know that. They know the other. They are all technically on their way here. Yeah. But he said, until they walk through the door and actually sign, I am not going to put out a list of names of players just to cheer everybody up and say, oh, isn't that marvellous? Fair play. But yeah, because yeah. it's the worst thing in the world, isn't it, to do that and then to have to report... Oh, by the way, he's gone somewhere else. He's gone somewhere yeah. else. He's gone somewhere else. He's but gone somewhere else. Are we saying that that we're in a situation now where cash-wise we're offering players the equivalent of what they're going to get elsewhere? Yeah. But players are reluctant now to take this big step down into National League South. Well, well, what I'm saying is, I think that is that that decision is at the top of many yeah lists of priorities. Do the do these players want to commit themselves to a season in the National League South? Which will almost certainly mean they will they will they will either be dropping into that league from higher up, which is yeah. one issue, or if they're already in the National League South and they may be damn good players in the National League South, they're almost certainly part time. Yeah. Do they yeah. then want to commit themselves to going full time? Especially if you're an experienced player, and Gary Harris has referred to this, hasn't he, before? Yeah. This business with families and children and and and, and coming to commit themselves to go full time. Uh, um, uh, Everything else may be fine. Well, of course you'd want to go and play for Torquay. It's, it's, it's much better club, bigger club than we've been playing for before. But hold on a minute. I had a part-time job, yeah, and part, part-time football and another job. Thank you very much. Now I'm going to Torquay. Yes, I'd love to go for one full-time wage. Yeah. Now that's the. That's and that's the, when, um, when we said Dan Sparks syndrome. That's exactly what Dan Sparks did when he came to us from Braintree, that's wasn't right. it? Yes, yeah, right. he was working on building sites. He was playing part time for Braintree. Yeah. Couldn't get over the fact that he was starting work at Sealhane just just as he was having his first cup of tea yeah. on uh, on a building site in in Essex. Yeah, but that that was the you know it was a big plunge for him, wasn't yeah, it? To, it was. to to do that, and it we was. need other players who are going to do that. that that's absolutely right. Yeah. and and um, and of course he was dropping to a national league club, mm-hmm. uh, which obviously ticked that box for him. Um, uh, speaking of Dan Sparks, of course, you know Dagenham, which is a full-time club, which yeah. has run into yeah. massive financial problems. Haven't they just? And yeah. by yeah. the way, they're not the only one. Mm. I, I think the National League could could be. It's it's the it's the National League annual meeting this weekend. Yeah. And the vibes I'm getting is that they are extremely concerned about the finances of quite a lot of clubs at National League level. Really. And they're yeah. going to insist, be very tight on the budgets that these clubs are mm-hmm. submitting. Uh, each club doesn't get to see the other club's budget, yeah. but the board does. Uh, and there are, by all accounts, three or four clubs at least in the National League that are clinging on by their yeah. fingernails, especially at this time of year, Dagenham being amongst them. Um, now, you're talking about a club which has just lost uh, John Still uh, and Darren Carey, the number two, to Barnet, but they've just gone and appointed Peter Taylor. 
um, as, their, as their manager. The Peter Taylor. The yeah, Peter Taylor yeah. as their manager. Well, either he's going there for um, a fair bit of love as well as money, uh, or they're throwing money they haven't got at it. Yeah. Uh, this is a club, by the way, which is appealing to fans nationwide for enough money to get them through to the start of next yeah. season. It just seems um, a and bit it, weird. And, of course, Sparks yeah. and uh, Elliot, Elliot Romain, Romain. are yeah. both still under contract there for another year. Uh, I mean, obviously, I think you and I probably felt the same way because we'd love to see Elliot Romain back here. Yeah. Um, but I, when, I'd quite like to see Sparksy back as well, well if, he, oh, if, he, if he's sake. at a loose end. Goodness yeah. sake. Get him, get him back yeah. here. Uh, in my, in my opinion, uh, uh, he may not be the most consistent uh, um, in in the world, but on his day, um, uh, he is the best left winger in, in the, yeah. the, the the most creative and uh, productive. Maybe that's a better left yeah. winger. You know, if anybody can get a crossing from the left hand side, he he can. Uh, as we all know, when he came down down here, yeah. we didn't sort him out in the game against but Dagenham. Uh, this season, but uh, no. Uh, uh, when Peter Taylor went in there this week, I thought, oh, dear, that's bad news because that might well tick a box for people like Remain and Sparks. Yeah. Oh, you know, I know they're under contract, but they might well have been angling for an exit up to then. Uh, well, when when someone like Peter Taylor takes over as manager, it's a bit more of an incentive yeah. maybe to stay and see how it goes. Yeah. But um, but we'll see on on on, on that score. No, I, I I just think this that the, the level that United are at now. Yeah, uh, and and United fans have been through this for the last three or four years. It was bad enough when United got relegated, first time, definitely the second time, mm. um, and I'll bet uh, Thea Bristow, bless her, uh, regrets the day that she ever uttered the phrase "We'll be great in the conference" after we United were relegated a yeah. second time. Yeah. No, they weren't, uh, <laughs> or, or haven't been. And then you know to try and get everybody's head around the fact they've been relegated to the National League South. Yeah. Um, as Paul Bastard, you know, United's you know very well known long distance uh, supporter and season uh, um, ticket holder, and and, yeah. and and yet again season <laughs> ticket holder, um, uh, uh, you know, quite rightly said, you know, still struggling to get his head around it. Yeah. Uh, and 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 that is that is where United are. Uh, they have a manager who has experience at this level. That's partly why he's here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, you know, he, he he's. Uh, it is a, it is it has been difficult. Players are away on holiday. I mean, for instance, at least two of the four that we've just mentioned, the in-house players, um, are still technically physically away on holiday. Yeah. But the deadline did pass last weekend for saying yay or nay, with some players. I'm sure ours would bend over a bit further yeah. to accommodate them than others before really putting the drawbridge down. Uh, for others, not so. We'll, we'll, you know, we can't unfortunately. You and I uh, hold pen to paper and force people to sign. So um, we have to allow that to happen. And, and fingers crossed, um, uh, things happen have happened pretty soon. Uh, I suppose. You know, better to get it right than get it quick mm. is probably a, a, yeah, a, 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 yeah. the most constructive <laughs> attitude you can take to it all. I'd rather, I'd rather you know, well, I think I and everybody else and all the United fans would rather they actually got it right um, than just ticked all these boxes, you know, just to sort of cheer us all up. But, yeah. um, anyway, there you go. 
indeed. Has there been any interest from other clubs in the players on the transfer list, as far as you know? Um, a, a bit, apparently. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Gowling and John Paul Pittman. Yeah. But, um, uh, Interesting that Gary Owens did say that, that you know he, he could accommodate both of them if, if things yes, don't I, go I think, Yeah, I, I mean, these were obviously players who were signed on two-year contracts yeah. you know, by Kevin Nicholson, the previous manager. Um, uh, Pittman... Uh, poor lad, hardly played well, we any part at all. Stop thinking about certainly it. Certainly in the second half of the season, no. he, he he wasn't even on the bench a lot of the time. Mm. Did get on that a couple of times. Um, and Gowling, you know, despite his 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 sort of ongoing knee issues, um, of course, you know, was damn good value uh, when he got himself fit yeah. and back into the side and and. Um, I don't think anybody doubts that Josh Gowling, even at the age of 34, uh, going on 35, uh, would would do a damn good job in the in the National League South if he's up for it. Yeah. Um, that obviously is a thing, you know. Uh, but you know, the between uh, that that needs a, a good old hours Gowling. Come on, we can make this work. Yeah. Uh, conversation. Yeah. And funnily enough, the whole business of various supporters have said to me, "Oh well, of course, you know." Um, Quite a lot of players won't play, but you know, uh, uh, would rather have played for the manager who signed them than than the new one, etc., etc., etc. Well, down the years, I and I'm sure even United supporters have have, have seen issues where new managers have come in. They're supposed to be nice guys. They're supposed to be bad guys. They're supposed to be tough guys, and all all, all shapes and sizes yeah. in, in between. Uh, and in the end, foot, professional football is a professional game. We are still a professional football club here. Um, I, I remember way back uh, uh, in the days when Eric Weber was uh, comparatively unceremoniously sacked, hugely popular manager in the mid '60s, yeah. uh, taken United to their great cup results. You know, uh, uh, couldn't the sort of guy that you'd rather have as your favourite uncle, uh, and was dispensed with by. This bright young chairman Tony Boyce, who had yeah, just uh, yeah. just become just taken over at the club, and brought in this man, this rather dour, slightly scary Irish uh, Irishman, yeah. Frank O'Farrell, who um, wasn't having too much truck with two entertaining wingers, who you know <laughs> he wasn't <laughs> quite sure whether he was going to get a cross out of them or not, etc., 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 and he 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 honed down the tactics. Uh, turned United from uh, entertaining, inconsistent entertainers yeah. uh, into a team that started producing 1-0 one, yeah. wins on a regular basis. But for a long time, he was seen as the new dark force <laughs> behind, really? behind yeah, the club. He wasn't popular no. when he took over. Um, uh, uh, and, of course, eventually he became went on to mm. become the guy that was voted the you know the best manager in the yeah. club's history yeah. recently um and even on down through the years there've been many managers who who you know weren't popular Cyril Knowles could be seriously scary yeah. uh wouldn't broach any argument mm. uh, or anything like that it was his way or the highway um, but then yeah. a dressing room that's just a, a sea of perfect harmony is probably no good to man they, or beast anyway. Absolutely is it? right. And, you need and, a bit uh, of conflict. You need a bit. You need it to be a bit sparky, yes. don't you? I, I remember that the, 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 the players that played under Cyril Knowles, uh, very few of them, 
um, there were no Christmas cards flying around, that sort of thing. Well, no. you know, well, I'm sure there were because they were all giving them to each other. But you know what I mean. There were no cosy dinners or anything no. like that. Uh, and quite a few of them uh, uh, would barely cross the street to speak to him, not because he wasn't a nice bloke, but because he was just such a hard taskmaster. Yeah. You talk to all of them now, best manager they ever played for. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. what that's what for fo- football is all about. Ian Atkins had a reputation around the country as being one of the most difficult managers to get on with anywhere. He, yeah. fell, he fell out massively at Bristol Rovers. I think he only lasted about six months there. And you talk to people at Bristol Rovers and he was almost like the devil incarnate. Well, he walked into, walked into Torquay, shook things up here, kept us up. Yeah. Uh, and the following season, if Chris Roberts hadn't come in, he'd probably have taken Torquay on, uh, yeah, on, on uh, before. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and yet, at the time, you look, Martin Allen... Martin Allen is... Where is Martin Allen? Well, he's... he's, um, uh, Oh, no, he's just... He left Barnet, didn't he? He's gone to... uh, Oh, I'm ashamed. We'll go and look it up. um, Memory fails me. He's gone some, definitely moved. But I can remember at Gillingham one afternoon, after he... Gillingham were promoted. Yeah. Uh, United under Allen nil. We lost 1-0. Gillingham were promoted that afternoon. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, uh, uh, it was just a, a, a... happy afternoon at the Priestfield Stadium yeah. uh, and uh, um, they hadn't actually won the title that afternoon but we were waiting for the post-match quotes etc 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 and I looked out of the window there and Martin Allen was being carried shoulder high <laughs> by his players around Priest- yeah. celebrating Priestfield Stadium after they had yeah. won promotion and uh, um, uh, I turned to my very <laughs> old standing local colleague at Gillingham and said cool look at that and he said he said, I've never seen anything like He said, all those players down, they cannot stand him. <laughs> and I said, well, they like him now, don't yeah. they? And, and, he said, and they said, yeah, but that's football. That's football. Yeah, yeah. You, you yeah. know, it, yeah. it's, it's, it's a results business. And some of the very best managers that United have, have ever had. Yeah. Um, let's face it, Paul Buckle was a, was a pretty Marmite character for a lot of United fans. Um, there was no prisoners taken during Paul Buckle's time as manager. No, there wasn't no, too many. No, there yeah. wasn't too much arms round shoulders or no. anything like that. Um, and and you know, but it was a it was a winning atmosphere. Yeah. And and that's what good managers instill. They instill a winning mentality and atmosphere. And eventually, even the doubters in the squad will sign up for it. Yeah. Because you're winning most weeks, and it's a damn sight more fun than losing. When everybody's all hunky dory, and you but you do need your senior pros on board. Don't players you? win games. Senior not, pros have absolutely. to be on board. Players yeah. win games, not managers. Yeah. Uh, uh, a combination of Martin Cool, Gary Hours, and the man in the moon won't win a point for United next season. Mm. It's the guys that pull the boots on each Saturday afternoon, and that's that's obviously where Hours is now. That's his that's his remit. That's his top priority, and uh, he has to deliver. Yeah. Uh, on that score and, and, and next season or everybody knows what the consequences will be Now he won't have a reserve side in the Peninsula League to No, uh, I, I think this is an interesting one because United sort of trumpeted this for quite a long yeah. time that they were heading in this direction um, that they wanted to uh, um, you know, uh, mm. have a, a youth-based reserve team I think more than anything to... Um, to provide this this pathway for you know they haven't got a fully fledged academy yet they've got a youth scheme set yeah. up now they've got all the the age groups the younger age groups and they're just creating or have created this sixteen to this crucial sixteen to eighteen years old yeah. age group through 
Torquay Academy, where it's where it's based. Um, and there's this perception, and quite right too, that, that the club needs a, to have a pathway, a bit of a buzz word yeah, these yeah. days, isn't it? I'm just, On a journey. A journey yeah, for yeah. these youngsters to see that you can go bump, bump, bump up the line and eventually end up, hopefully, in a first-team shirt yeah, at, at Torquay. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, this is, these are small beginnings and there's no good running before mm. you can walk. Um, and the idea was, right, well, well, we'll join the Peninsula League just as Plymouth Argyle did with their academy yeah. side three years ago. Um, they went into the Western Division, I think, based out at Sealhane College. Yeah. Then, later on at Coach Road, Newton Abbott, uh, where I think technically they still might be playing their mm. Peninsula League games. Um, and with a combination of those good youngsters, and the whole idea being is that the quicker you give under 18-year-old, under 18 players, 16, 17-year-old, yeah. experience yeah. of playing against men... The, the better it is that, that this is this has been a quite a turnaround in English yeah. youth coaching in the last few years it's all been very kind of pretty gentle quite a lot of criticism now that uh, academy under 21 and under 23 yeah. football is not producing players that that can deliver uh, well, early it's, enough it's not we've we've seen the evidence and haven't we've, we've, seen we've had plenty of, of players who've come on loan from West Bromwich Albion yeah, and, and just and, Correct. Built, don't they? That's you know, right. On a, a November yeah. afternoon in Halifax or something, they right. they completely can't hack it. No, uh, and and so all these millions and millions and millions of pounds have been pumped into English youth football. Yeah. At, at all these clubs, with these academies spilling over with players, half of them in the Premier League have got contracts that you and I would <laughs> yeah. die for, yeah. um, uh, and all of a sudden it's not producing the goods. In fact. It's not producing the goods nearly as well as the old apprenticeship schemes mm. used to, yeah. whereby unless you got into somebody's first team by the time you're 2021, 20, you probably weren't going to make it. Now they're waiting for them until they're 23, 24, 25 before they're, yeah. they're you know, and, and that's obviously not interestingly enough. While we were talking about this, uh, uh, somebody who knows much more about this than I do the other day was telling me that in Spain they stop coaching at 16 years old. They really? stop yeah. technical coaching of kids when they're 16 years old. Um, because the, the, the feeling is that unless they... By then, if they can't play yeah. football, if they can't right. have done what they do, if yeah. they aren't skillful, if they aren't quick, if they aren't this, if they aren't that, they're not going to, to, to do it. That's very early, yeah, though, isn't it? Very, yeah. It is early, but if you think about it, most players don't actually suddenly take on magical new powers mm. after they're 16 years old. When you're 16, can you run fast? Yes. Can you dribble? Yes. Have you got a good shot? Yes. Can you head it? Yes. All of those things are probably in place. You can improve them. Of course yeah. you can. And, and I think maybe it was a bit of a black and white story. But this, when I questioned this person about it, he, and he's been over there, he, he, he knows his stuff, and he said, no, from then on, of course, they still work on stuff, you know. It, but it's the technical stuff then changes into tactical, positional yeah. play, yeah. all that, all the stuff that then makes them into senior, into senior players. Um, but it's quite an interesting that, that, that a country like Spain, which is we would always think of as one of the most technical, technically gifted yeah. footballing nations, actually stops. 
you know, having keepy uppy sessions with mm. their kids at 16. I'm sure they do it in their private time and all that kind of stuff. But in other words, the, it, the, the whole accent changes at 16 years old from technical, can you actually play the game, to yeah. right, now we're going to, you know. Now you play. Now, now we're playing play. football, yeah. now we're doing shape, now we're doing tactics, and now we're doing whereabouts you play on the field, yeah. what do you do, and decision making and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh, which, and so. By the time they get to eighteen or nineteen, yeah, they're that much further ahead. Their youngsters are that much further ahead than ours, or certainly appear to be. So, um, which brings yeah. us almost as if we planned it to the World Cup, which begins in less than a week now, as we're no. sitting here. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, we're talking about the Spanish model. We're talking about the English model. Um, I don't, strangely, all of a sudden, I'm really looking forward to the World Cup. It's well, kind of crept up on us. You, you and I yeah. have always come from the same. Peapod, haven't we? We we, we, we we kind of like like this sort of stuff. We 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 we'll do yeah. our best to sort of go, mm, yeah, okay. And then actually, <laughs> when the thing we'll comes around, come on, we've got to get stuck yeah. in here, haven't we? Um, uh, and uh, for me, uh, I, I'm quite hopeful. I'm quite from hopeful an England about England point from an England yeah. point of yeah. view. I, I I quite I like the way Gareth Southgate has, has approached the whole thing. He he is a sensible bloke, isn't he? I like him. He's got a yeah, sense of like humour. He's not yeah. up himself by mm. any stretch of the imagination, which I think is a major plus. Yeah. And I think that players, you know, in those sort of environment, you're taking players out of their club teams. You can't teach them how to play football, can you? No. You're not. Harry Kane is Harry Kane. You're not suddenly going to add something to Harry Kane that isn't already no, in there. No. And if you're a player coming out of your club side uh, and into a World Cup surroundings in the mm -hmm. modern time, you want to have somebody in charge that isn't distant, isn't kind of like talking down at you, yeah. um, that has got a sense of humour, is uh, uh, probably the one to, to... He always strikes me as somebody say, I might have got that wrong, actually. You know? Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and I think players... At that level, can get their heads around yeah. that. Um, uh, uh, he's decisive enough to sort of say, make the big decisions and that sort of stuff. I have no fear on that score. I think we've got a very talented attack. I think we've well, got some very talented attacking players who can cause problems to yeah. almost anybody. My Harry mate, Kane is the pivotal player, though, isn't well, he? Well, Harry Kane, but if something happens to Harry Kane, yeah. you know, I'm a big fan of Rashford. Mm -hmm. uh, um, uh, Deli Ali is is a class act as long as he keeps his head in gear. I'm a big fan of Raheem Sterling. He has the change of pace and the wit and the skill to leave any defender standing. Yeah. Um, I think there are other players, several. Vardy, we've all seen. If he gets long enough on the pitch, can cause can cause problems. My, my just think, main, not just think my, if he had signed for Torquay, you know, where did it all, all, go, where did it all go wrong, yeah. Jamie? Yeah. <laughs> that, that uh, you know, there is obviously a bit of concern at the back, but only yeah, because we have some reservations about that back four. Yes, yeah, uh, but because defending is a state of mind. Mm. You know, it's not a physical battle, or if, in, if you aren't big and strong, you shouldn't be playing there in the first place. But it's an attitude, it's a state of mind, an attitude of mind. And I do not trust defenders who start to think they can play football. <laughs> if they can, that's fine. But all this business about you have to play out from the back, you have to play out from the back, you have to play out from the back. We've seen, haven't we, in the last few months what happens 
when defenders are constantly trying to tick this box and yeah. playing it out from the back in the wrong situations. There is nothing wrong with a centre-half or a centre-back or even a full-back who feels he's under a bit of pressure and there's a little alarm bell is ringing in sticking that ball into yeah. the channel and letting someone like Raheem Sterling or, or Kane chase it. We well, do and what's best in any given situation, correct. don't you? And that's, that's where Decision the experience make it, That's in. right. And we don't have a huge amount of experience at the back there. Not for me, anyway. You've got Cahill and Stones. Stones, we all know, is an accident way to happen. He keeps getting in there, though, doesn't Very he? talented yeah. player. We yeah. can all see that. But, but uh, you know... Let's just keep it straightforward and simple most of the time at the back, and what, and, uh, what about and go the goal, from there. What about the goalkeeper? Well, I'm I, I'm uh, really sad that Heaton of Burnley, uh, uh, you know, got injured at that yeah. particular time because I was a huge fan of his. I thought he was the best goalkeeper in the country. It looks like he's going with Pickford, doesn't it? Yeah. And I'll go along with that. I, I, I'm not a hundred percent convinced with Butland. I think there's a mistake mm. there. Uh, um, talented keeper, and no, no doubt about that. Um, but I just have this slight feeling that um, uh, uh, that that Pickford is the is possibly the better. Yeah. Uh, I I just think that when you're a manager, if if sorry, if you're a coach and a goalkeeper, particularly in those high pressured areas, big World Cup matches, you just want your coaches and your managers to say, keep it simple, lads. Don't yeah. put any yeah. pressure on you. You know, etc. And you then go from there. Yeah. If you get a five yards or ten yards of space and a few seconds to have an extra touch and a look, fine. But don't f- put pressure on them to play out all the yeah. time from the back. Because how many yeah. times have we seen them going across the back four, desperately trying not to knock the bo- a long ball upfield? You go up and then all of a sudden the fullback, he's being closed down. Because these, oppon- these oppositions, and we're good at it as well, they're so good at this yeah. pressing and all that kind of stuff... And they end up going in little triangles and coming back where they first started. Yeah. Now, that may not be a disaster, but gradually that pressure builds yeah. on those defenders. Oh, my God, we're still back here. We've had six passes and we're still not out of our own half yet. Um, and it, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a difficult thing. As, as all these things, you have a strike a balance. Yeah. You know, if there was a right and wrong way of playing football, everybody would have been doing it since 1888, and there isn't. You know, you have, you have your good players... And always a good good idea in football, go to your good players. Yeah. Go to exactly. your good players. Uh, whether we've got a midfield playmaker who's quite good enough to win mm-hmm. a World Cup or, or get through to the real later stages, I'm not quite sure. But we have other qualities. Uh, and, uh, and the interesting thing is that if England, England are in this group with Tunisia, Panama and Belgium, yeah. and the next group to us for the round of 16 mm-hmm. purposes, in other words, first place, second yeah. Second place first in the two groups is a group with Poland, Senegal, Colombia, and Japan. Now, if England can get through, yeah. f- finish, for instance, top there, of there, their yeah. group, yeah. you're probably going to be playing Poland or Colombia in the next round, or and you would be wherever mm. England finish. England, you know, have got Belgium top team. Yeah, their 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 kind of quarter final material at least, haven't they? But in other words, if they can finish first or second. There's a lot harder groups for them to be facing in the next round. For instance, just ahead of us, Germany, who will be having my couple of bob on them as usual, <laughs> um, are in a group with Mexico, Sweden and Korea, and they have to go in with the survivors of, of the Brazil, Switzerland, Serbia, and I've forgotten who the 
the extra now, team yeah. in that group is. Now, there's a possibility that if Germany and or Brazil don't actually win that group, they could be playing each other in the, in the round of last 16. Uh, now that's a good deal more ferocious than the than, yeah. the, than the than the scenario that England uh, England faced. So. Who knows? Yeah, absolutely. It, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll talk more about the World Cup next yeah, week. And, and of course, England aren't actually kicking off until the uh, weekend. It's, yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the week. Yes, yeah, is it the Tuesday? Are it's, no, it's a little it's, way it's after. Anyway, that, I think. Yeah, Russia versus yeah, yeah. is it Saudi Arabia in the first game, something like that. Um, and then England, I think, kick off at the weekend yeah. or just after the weekend. So We'll keep an eye on that for you. Yeah. So the, the only other thing to say is that uh, the next time that we shall see Talker United play is now July the 10th, because that's another friendly that's been added since yes. we last podcasted. And, and that is Forest Green Rovers. It's now the first of the friendlies, uh, yeah. five of them, Forest Green Rovers, uh, on Tuesday. I think that's a Tuesday night, July the 10th. Um, I do understand there will be at least one more um, yeah. Football League club opposition, and I think Gary Owls will almost certainly leave it at six. He, I think he, I think he. he that's thinks, enough, though, isn't oh, it? Yeah, m- more that's than enough. enough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he's. He was saying this week. He said, if you're not careful, you can get to the end of September and you've played about twenty something matches, yeah. and we haven't even start. We, you know, we haven't even started yet. So. Uh, um, no, I think six will be will be enough, and that should be sorted next week as well. And we're pretty confident that by this time next week there will be names on the board. At Playmore, we said this last week. Well, we'll just keep, we'll just it has keep doing it. It has to. <laughs> surely, surely, surely. Got to be. Um, Got to be. Uh, famous last words, but uh, um, no, no. Fingers crossed. There we go. Thank you very much for your time. This has been the Herald Express Devon Live, Talkie United Yellow Army podcast in the close season, heading for a World Cup and waiting for some signings. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> As we always say, come, come on, on, you, you yellows. yellows.